1: Today's metaphysical kernel of thought is a combination of religion and spirituality. Religion can be defined as an institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices. Religion is what some group or holy book tells you what divine is and how to worship it. Most of us grew up with some sort of organized religion, so we were somewhat comfortable with the structure offered. On the other hand, Spirituality can be defined as the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things. Spirituality at its most basic is what you think divine is and how you connect with it. We have created the path which is our own metaphysical philosophy. It is how we define the fundamental nature of reality, so in this sense it is our religion. We have discovered our own definition of the divine as both immanent and transcendent and are learning to walk between the worlds of the magical and mundane, being part of neither and both at the same time. We have created the path, which is our own spiritual practices. They are the body of our works, our rituals and spells, the daily devotions and study, the willingness to step out in faith on the leading edge of creation to generate change within ourselves and in essence the world around us in positive ways. As above, so below, and its reverse as below, so above, gives us the freedom of our path and is what we believe is our personal great work. Creating your own path can be both the most joyful and terrifying of experiences. The freedom of our path, and that of anyone who chooses to live as a witch, Is being able to make choices about what our next step may be and participating in the grand adventure of the unknown and unknowable. It is also what scares others many others away because there is no external authority to tell them what to do or to tell them if they are doing it wrong. The path is one of personal choice and personal responsibility. Spirituality gives us personal choice because we get to choose what to believe and how to express it. Religion gives us personal responsibility because we need to do the personal work to create change and to continue evolve what we practice. Okay. I think we're getting into one of the heavier topics for some people, I think, with this one, because we brought up the R word, religion. <laughs> well, heavier
0: and lighter. I mean, this is, this is going to be a fun topic because there's, there's a lot of hands here.
1: Yeah, um, I think so.
0: Balancing think so. balancing religion and spirituality is probably about ninety percent of what I do when I work at the store um, or help people do. So,
1: I think so, yeah. and I think they, they, that some people are perfectly fine with witchcraft being a religion. And other people, it's like that knee-jerk slam somebody in the hoo to get them to even not consider that possibility when you talk to them. You know, I mean... Well,
0: yeah, often I lead off with, you know, things like spell work is the same thing as prayer, is the same thing as chanting, is the same thing as dancing around the fire.
1: Yeah. Sure it is, but a lot of people don't see it that way. I think it's because so, people come from such a, re- a religion where... There is that outside authority telling them what to believe and how to, or. and this is where you're doing it
0: wrong, people. And we're gonna we're gonna drive more into that, but I'm gonna back you up just for a second and let's let's talk about the difference between the two words so we have a, a common okay. framework. What okay. when you say the word religion, what is it that you mean?
1: Okay, religion is more of a formal system. If you're talking about organized religion in the world we live in, where there's a lot of monotheistic practices out there, it's there's a holy book, usually, and somebody in authority, and you get, basically get told, this is what we do and how we do it. And if you want to be part of our group, you'll do the same thing. That's kind okay. of the older definition. That's the definition of religion that we kind of started out with. Now, spirituality, on the other hand, is what you think personally about how the universe works, what divine is, what your beliefs are going to be, and how you're going to experience and express. So religion is more formal and more people and external, and spirituality is more me and internal.
0: Well, and that, that's exactly what I was, I, I was expecting that you would come around to just knowing you is for me, I, I sort of super simplify all of that in that concept of external and internal. Yeah. Because for me, religion is that practice that I share with others Mm -hmm. so that I have that sense of communion, that sense of belonging, that sense of not being alone when I need that sense fulfilled mm-hmm. and spirituality is internally the way I think, or more importantly feel exactly. about the connection between my little baby spark and the universal spark. And there really is no other people. No. So yeah, religion is sort of my public practice and spirituality is my, my, my private relationship with my own personal facet of the one universal
1: exactly and for us on the path when we started creating our tradition okay we we say all right we want our practices to let us grow spiritually but as our practices evolved in essence they have somewhat become a religion because there are certain consistent ways we do things sure Sure.
0: And that's that's how any religion has formed over the, the span of time is mm-hmm. a collection of common practices that this is the normal way that we do this.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And in that sense, it can be seen as a religion, not a formal organized religion, but a religion because we have a way, like you said, publicly when we're together, we tend to do it this way. Sure. You know, and I notice I use the word tend because we have shown in the middle to change course in the middle of ritual even and say, "Okay, let's try this instead. Or we plan to do this because it's this time of year or such and such date. But we need to do this now because that's what we need spiritually as as
0: what we think we should be doing. You know, I agree with that. And I, I remind people constantly, you know, if, if suddenly you get a feeling that you need to take a hard left turn and do something different, Dave is the number one expert in the entire universe on Dave. So yeah. when Dave says, I need to change the way I'm doing this right now i've learned to listen to those and i've learned to be responsive to those so yeah um and for me i think that's more of a a spirituality being impacted by religion in that like i i came from a different set of kind of solitary practices to now i'm i'm walking the path and learning and embracing it as a religious practice mm-hmm. and a way for me to connect with other spiritual people and a way for me to, to have a common framework of words and verbiage. Yeah. But even though I have recently begun to walk the path as, as a seeker, as a, as a sage, yeah. um, my internal spirituality has evolved But only in a tiny little bit, which is sort of showing me that my spirituality is actually sort of a cumulative effect of all of my life's practices. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, we, we tend to believe as we practice, unless we are consciously seeking to be aware of that. It's just... It's it's how we do things. When we walk around a circle with people and all of the people use the same word for the feminine aspect of the deity, then we start all using the word, you know?
1: Yes, oh, I agree completely. It's like oh. when we talked about spiritual awakenings being a cumulative process. I don't think anybody I, I, suddenly wakes up one morning and is awakened and is done.
0: Right. Well <laughs> and, and unless you count that one morning in rehab, but you know.
1: Um that's a different sort <laughs> of awakening. But, but but you know what I am I have to
0: I have to call out just for a moment because I know it's kind of part of where our conversation's gonna go today. Um and I, I have to call out for a moment the sheer courage and bravery that you and Sue showed. Um, and for me here again, it was over days and weeks and and months and years. And so it was sort of a slow glacial gradual thing, but thinking back on it. Yeah. The two of you sat down one day at a piece of paper and said, we're going to write a religion and not for nothing. That's terrifying. Well, thank you very there's much. There's a there's a there's a passage in the book that are in the the reading that we were doing for today that talks about you know a joyful and terrifying. Wow. It is wonderful that moment that we realize that we are driving our own spirit, <laughs> and at the same moment it's terrifying because we don't have, like you mentioned, an external authority to look to and say, "Is this the way I should do this?" Yeah. Because quite honestly, I respect that more now with, with you guys having to sit down and write this all out and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Because it's the same thing that I do for customers walking in the door at the store. Yeah. They're looking for that external, how do I do this? Yeah, And so while I'm giving them some recommendations of how I do it, I try to instill them a little bit less of that terror in... Make your choices, you know, make it make it your own. It makes it better Mm -hmm. than following anyone else's recommendations. And and so we're we're trying to get people glimpses of the joyful and courage to get through the terrifying to start realizing that their spirituality is indeed their own. Their religion is just what they're practicing with their neighbors.
1: Okay. Or, or at the moment. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I right mean, right
1: and i think that's the important piece is the biggest thing for, i think that sue and i did is that we recognized that okay we can write down what we believe now and come back two weeks from now and it's a totally different thing and we'll have to write something else
0: you know i i read i read a spell that sue wrote back to sue like three years after she wrote it and she just giggled and thought that's how I
1: did that really <laughs> yeah
0: and I, and I use that as an example to let people know that you know a, a spell especially if you wrote it down that's what worked for this witch this time on this moon and this day under this circumstances and it's not a forever thing carved in stone
1: no it's not you know it was a moment yeah I, and I think that's the what The joyful part of this is you get to pick and choose.
0: And the terrifying part
1: is, you get is to that you pick. have
0: to pick and choose. <laughs> and, and you're going to go ask people for guidance, and they're going to look back at you and say, well, what feels right to you?
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and, and help you develop that sense of, okay, I'm responsible for my own soul. yes it's important that i connect to deity or i connect to spirit or whatever because that satisfies an innate part of me being human Mm -hmm. but it's my soul so having that responsibility the 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 first thing people think is well what if i do something wrong and and helping them see that wrong is really only a relative abstract thing you can't Do a spell wrong if the intention in your heart is appropriate.
1: Yeah, and I think the other thing that Sue and I gave each other permission to do more than anything else was to fuck it up and realize that, oh, well, the world did not end. Yeah, break it, fix it. It's you a daily
0: lit- evolutionary
1: thing. But if you're in ritual and you lit the wrong candle, or God forbid, there are groups who have a heart attack if you walk anyway, in any way, shape, or form around a circle, anyway, but clockwise. <laughs> okay. When well, we started actually saying why, and thinking in terms of the energy of the other direction is going in while clockwise is going out, why are we always going out and Because
0: the earth is left-handed, it's right.
1: Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: but you get where I'm
1: going. I it, do, absolutely, it, yeah. It, it's recognizing that black is not evil and dark is not evil and night is not evil and all of the stuff that society kind of ingrains into us unconsciously, and when you step outside of that and recognize that you're going to fuck up a lot, Sure, You're human. And guess what? 99.99999% of the world never even notices.
0: Well, and when you light the wrong candle or when you step the direction, it, it can easily be discussed that you did that for a reason. Yeah, exactly. You know, with everything that we do, even dropping the Athenae and having it clattered out a flight of stairs. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can remember that one and thinking to myself, okay, so there's a lesson here somewhere. It's on me to find it or it's on me to choose it. No, that was just gravity and get back to what I was paying attention to.
1: Exactly. And then, like I said, I think that's the big piece of it. You know that is the great freedom of creating your path. Is that yes, you're going to screw up. You're not going to figure it out all at once. You're not going to wake up one morning and have it carved in stone. Like no, and it's going
0: to change from hour to hour and breath to breath.
1: Exactly. It's not like was it Moses who brought the stone tablets down? I'm not as much up on my Old Testament as I used to be. Well, he didn't. He
0: didn't write them. He technically just carried them down.
1: Yeah, but he brought them. (laughs) But they were carved in stone. Right. And then he got so many broke up. Yeah. You know, so they didn't last real long either. So,
0: Well, here's the funny thing is that is, in fact, the root of the parable there is that anything written in stone can't be broken. But somehow that message just seemed to get evolved.
1: Yeah. Well, but you, but you get the, the
0: The patriarchal, yeah, well, <laughs> patriarchal european mess.
1: Yeah,
0: we've talked about the fear or at least the the trepidation and, you know, the sort of agitation that we get from realizing that we are our own direct conduit to the big thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about that fear. So let's let's balance out by talking about the joy part of it. Um, and I was just going to suggest maybe. You know, a couple of anecdotes of the first time that you physically and metaphysically and spiritually realized that you were making your own choices and it felt good. And by God, you were okay at it.
1: Yeah, I I can give you the best example. I think Um, this is a hard story. When my daughter died and her husband went on trial for the murder. Sue and I did adjust the spell. Now, I had always been a believer in magic, not so much a practitioner of spell work and all of that, because I was always concerned somehow that I was going to do something wrong.
0: Right. That's the the fear, yep.
1: Exactly. And we came up with a ritual where we didn't ask for revenge because I could have very easily. Because I was so filled with rage and hurt and anger and everything over this. I asked for justice so that he took it out of my control. What was going to happen to this person? Okay. I truly believed in my heart of hearts that he was guilty, but I was also too close to the situation. So we did this spell and we lit this red candle at the start of the trial. And Sue had custody of the candle because she could be home.
0: I remember we, the candle, yeah.
1: Leave a candle unattended. Obviously, that's just a safety thing because I had to go to that trial every day Yeah. and sit there. And when the jury announced the verdict that he was guilty, that candle burned way longer than it should have for a jar candle and the jar broke shattered. Yep. And you knew the spell was done. And that for me was the moment of I mean the situation was terrible, but the joy of knowing that I could successfully craft magic.
0: Yeah. And responsibly, I mean, because you made the appropriate choice of not seeking vengeance or anything else. Oh yeah. Seeking seeking the universe's way of finding its balance. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And and having it happen and having that visual representation of this spell is alive and working and doing what it's supposed to do. That's one. And you know,
0: I'm not. I'm not 100% certain, but I think I have a jar down on Susie's shelves that is a jar with a bunch of pieces of a shattered jar candle. I think I might still have that pieces. Yeah. That totem for you, sure.
1: Yeah. So did that. So I did not want to get rid of it, but we also did not want to hear. You know, sure. the kids and everything. So yeah, it's probably it's probably there at your house. And I think the other big piece was when we suddenly figured out that whole times up, as opposed, yep. Yep. to be, that for us it needed to be a season. That that a was season what our or own, a
0: period and not a moment. Yeah, I can I can remember the the giddiness of yeah. the two of you writing around that. Yeah, that
1: that was what our souls needed. That was what our spirits needed to deepen the connection that we have to the physical elements to our the places we live and practice to each other practicing together all of that just kind well, of and, healed into that
0: I remember saying you guys get ninety days out of a concept, not ninety minutes, yeah, because that's really sort of what you did is is made that transition and yeah i can re- I can remember you guys going through that that's a that's a beautiful, happy memory. Uh, oh, yeah, it's for, a joy. for those people that don't know me in person, this is my very, very happy, smiling voice. <laughs> yeah, that,
1: that, that, it works. You know, and, and like I said, the, the joy when something that we had been trying to figure out that was kind of gnawing at us for a long time in the back of your yeah. kind of thing suddenly bursts forth and makes sense. Yeah. And that, I think, is the biggest part of the joy of creating your own practices. When you know what you're doing, it's like we're doing a Rubik's Cube almost, and you have all the pieces, but they don't quite line up, and they all line up, and they click into place, and all the same colors are on the same side, and you have it there in front of you. It's like, ha, Yeah, right. For want of a better word, it's like the light bulb goes up, the fireworks explode, and your body and your mind and your spirit go, that was where you were going.
0: When you get to the very last note of that solo and realize that you've gotten to the very last note of that solo and haven't screwed it up yet,
1: <laughs> yeah, or have, and it doesn't matter.
0: Well, nobody... there's, uh, yeah. I can, I can think just for myself of two, two instances of the joyful side of the responsibility of making our own choices, mm-hmm. um, and uh, both fairly recently, just because that's how my memory works. Of course, uh, but I can remember a year or so ago, you know, because because working in a metaphysical store, you you get a wonderful slice of humanity. Oh yes, yeah. um, and there's a there's a certain component of people that are coming in the door saying, "I need to handle a problem," so they're less focused on spirituality and more focused on the problem. And then there are people that come in that don't have a problem and are actually focusing on their spirituality. And I realized that I was talking to sort of one of each in the same conversation as a group. And uh, one of them had had a problem with uh, some, some domestic issues and was trying to get a person to stay away from them.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: can remember sort of being third person and listening to myself say, you know, My practice has evolved to where I do not use magic or spell work or cast intention on any other human being in the universe, only on me. Mm -hmm. It's for me how my magic has felt safe. So instead of me casting a spell on someone to keep them to stay away from me, which is acting on another spirit, I would cast a spell saying, give me strength and courage and tolerance and the ability to tolerate it when that person is near me and the ability to, to respect myself and stand up for myself when that person is around. Because then the magic that I am doing is only magic to me and not at someone else. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there were... Like eleven or twelve people, sort of in a little semicircle by the time I got done, and I'm like, You know, thanks, everybody, for listening, but I think I said all of that because I needed to hear it mm-hmm. because it was a moment when I realized, yes, when I make a choice, I have ultimate responsibility, and holy crap, I just made a really responsible choice, mm-hmm. and that was that that joyful moment was you know kind of like oh good going, Dave, you know, nice job. So, um, and I had another one of those moments with you actually this morning over coffee, um, just realizing that some of the spell work that I had been working on lately had all been taking fruit. And and what was it? I said to you, I'll be damned. I'm actually kind of good at this stuff. Mm -hmm. So those to me are the, the, the examples of moments of joy when I realize Okay, I can do this and I do know what I'm doing because when I don't know what I'm doing, I know what I'm feeling. And I think at the end of the, at at the end of the discussion, I think that's sort of gets us back to our core of religion and spirituality is Mm -hmm. religion is what I'm doing. Spirituality is what I'm feeling.
1: Exactly. And that makes for us. The path and witchcraft, both a religion and a spirituality at the same time.
0: Well, and I I love the metaphor of the path simply because I'm not going to a building for a period of time. I'm walking around in my church.
1: Yes, and figuring it out for yourself. Yeah. And sometimes we get lost in the woods, and that's okay, too. And, and, And when you start, you have a funny
0: thing about at least me, and I know a lot of it is, Sue spending 15 years of tolerant compassion to help me become a little bit kinder. But when I notice other people having their moments of joyful responsibility,
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh, man, it just fires my batteries right up. Oh. When, I, when I see somebody make a call like that and then recognize, oh, I made a call. Oh, oh, and it was a good call. And, you know, they they sort of look at you and you're like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You made a good call there. You did that. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes that, that it's helpful to have somebody to practice with. One of the big things is somebody else can recognize your good calls for you because we don't always see them in the moment.
0: Yeah, I needed to hear that today. I I, I needed to know that there are more than a handful of reasons why the universe has located me on the path here. I mean, they sort of put it in front of me.
1: Well, I think so. And and you, your actual words were, was I'm a better witch than I thought it was, thought I was. And my response <laughs> to you, well, it's about time you recognized that. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, because, I don't know, We as humans, we tend not to see that stuff in ourselves. And everybody else around us has seen it for the last 10 years. And you're finally yeah. caught up to the rest of us. It's like yes.
0: That kind of reminds me of a story I'm reading for somebody, but that's a whole side topic there.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> but but that's the whole idea. Is best part about witchcraft being an organized religion is you get to choose who you're going to hang out with and practice with.
0: Well, it's an organically self organizing because
1: yeah, in that sense.
0: Um. You know, it's it's sort of an uh, amoeba kind of thing where you flow into groups and out of groups. And I love I love working where I work because I'm able to see people from two and three and four groups ago. You know yeah. what I mean? And still share in some of that positive energy and, and be responsible enough not to carry any of the
1: negative energy. Oh, please. Yes. You know, it's like it's. it's... I think one of the reasons Sue and I practiced together as long as we did and other people sort of, like you said, flowed in and out and practiced with us is that we knew this particular path that we were evolving, as it were, as we went along, or creating or manifesting out of the universal whatever was important. And yeah. the two of us saw things enough similarly and had enough differences to bring that together in like a synthesis and create the tradition of the path. Because I like to think it can work for anybody.
0: Well, and doing the work is the joy or its own reward
1: anyway. Oh, I think so. It always has been. Otherwise, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you about it at this point
0: and and i wouldn't have uh a a new mission
1: there you go so i think that sounds like a good way to end today's discussion religion
0: is religion is what i do spirituality is what i feel
1: i'm gonna have them put on a bumper sticker i swear
0: yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking it's time for me to go into teespring and make us some t-shirts or something
1: i I think so though That's that's a good motto right there for the week Witch Stones are a divination tool we created as part of our practice that deals with what we call concrete stones, specific types and kinds of energy, and conceptual stones, things and ideas about witchcraft, which can be read with either a seen or an unseen meaning. Recently we have developed a set of oracle cards using this information. We would like to introduce you to one of these stones right now. In today's Witch Stone spotlight
0: we'll be looking at the stone card for Hermit's Lantern. Our concept stone cards focus on an aspect of the craft rather than a specific physical energy. The Hermit's Lantern is the second of eight physical concept stones that relate to the energy of actions or of results. It displays a pictograph of a black lantern with gray light shining forth from it, surrounded by a gray and red border. The border being split, gray over red, tells us that this is a concept card. And the border being gray over red, or water over fire, tells us that this card represents a physical concept. In most tarot decks, the ninth card of the major arcana is the hermit. Many decks picture an older man carrying a lantern. The Hermit card is often associated with the fact that each of us must seek our own answers and the lantern lights the way. The lantern is featured on this stone and represents the knowledge of spiritual mysteries for those of us on the path. It is about knowing that you hold the source of your answers within yourself. You are the only one who can discover what your own spirituality means to you. And only you know what your personal truth is right now, and seek for what it may become. Being involved with knowledge is an internal process, whether it involves thoughts or emotions. So the energy of this stone is receptive. What you do with that knowledge can lead to change. Because it is receptive, its energy is associated with the dark half of the year the hermit's lantern is associated with the dark or new moon. The hermit's lantern represents creativity and inspiration when reflecting on the element of fire. The hermit's lantern represents flow of actions when reflecting on the element of water. The scene energy for the hermit's lantern when it shows up in a reading is gnosis, shining a light on something, and illumination of ideas. Gnosis has its roots in the Greek word, encompassing things like discernment, insightfulness, or a certain knowing, so we may know the answers we seek will be revealed to us. Shining a light on something means we may be able to make better choices about a situation, because we're able to see it for what it really is. And illumination of ideas may mean we're entering a period where we're finding the answers we're seeking about our chosen spiritual path. The unseen energy for the hermit's lantern in a reading is Gnosis. Need to expand focus and change in direction. Gnosis, again, has its roots in the Greek word, encompassing things like discernment, insightfulness, or a certain knowing. So it may mean that the answers we couldn't see clearly before will suddenly show up, or something that we were confused about might start to make sense. Expand focus may mean that we need to shine our light a little more broadly to find the answers that we're looking for. And change in direction may mean that we need to look somewhere else for what we think we are needing right now. Before we go, we would like to present you with a tip or trick or witchy hint, just something to make your day go better, because we live in a mixture of the magical and the mundane.
1: Today's... Tip, trick, or witchy hint is actually element jars. If you look, we saw that we did an extra couple of episodes ago about jar spells. And it got me thinking that what else can you use jars for? other than to store your magical ingredients, of course. And I thought about the fact that you could make element jars, which can be used to represent each of the four physical elements of air, fire, water, and earth, in all sorts of different ways in your practices. They can be placed on an altar during ritual to represent each of the elements. You could use them to mark the cardinal directions, either indoors or outdoors. Use them as a decoration to mark the four cardinal directions inside your own, where even non-magical people would probably not notice what they were intended to be. Or, if you are like us on the path, who focuses on working more diligently with one particular element per season, you could create one as a reminder or to add to your particular altar for the element. In any event, you're just going to take your jar, just like you always do, and fill it with different things that correspond to each of the elements, and then seal it up with wax for later. So, for example, an air jar could include things like anise or peppermint or even some frankincense or copal tears like a resinous incense to remind you of smoke and use herbs or crystals like citrine, amethyst, or fluorite. Because we like to include a modern element in as much of our spell work as we can, I would find and throw some feathers in as well. These I would seal with a light gray wax, because that's our common colors. Or if you are Wiccan or more traditional and are hanging around with us, yellow works just fine. A fire jar. How about putting in some sunflower petals or seeds, cinnamon, and orange peels, and stones that are more flame-colored, like citrine or sunstone or carnelian. And for that modern ingredient, how about a book or box of kitchen matches or even some just some kitchen matches. I would seal this with red wax, which is our color and is also the more traditional. Moving on to a water jar, I associate chamomile, eucalyptus and thyme with a watery base and stones like lapis lazuli or aquamarine. And of course, I'm going to throw a moonstone in there because the moon is often associated with the element of water. And for a modern ingredient, I'm going to toss in a miniature squirt gun that I can get in any dollar type store. I'm going to seal it with dark gray wax because that's our common color. But blue works just fine. And last but not least, an earth jar. Spices that are heavier, like mugwort, allspice and basil are often associated with that earthy idea. And stones like smoky quartz, malachite and hematite that are often associated with earth. And then finally, for that modern piece, I'm going to throw in some dirt or small pebbles from my own backyard. Not only does it make it more personal, but it's a very modern twist. And of course, I would seal it with black wax for our common colors, and other witches might use green or brown. The idea, though, is to find things that match your own personal correspondences for the four physical elements. We'd love to hear... Anything that you might select for yourself if you try to make some of these jars, so feel free to email us or get in contact with us through our Discord. Thank you. And until next time, may you find mirth and reverence in all things. Well, it looks like the coffee cups are empty for this week. We hope you join us again next Tuesday. But you can find us at our website, com. That's the number two young We'd love to have you
0: join our growing online Discord community. Check out our new Patreon presence. Just look for Young Crones Cafe. Through Patreon, you'll be able to make it to our Discord. We are also Young Crones Cafe on Twitter and Facebook.
1: Until then, remember, we are witches who work with energies to effect change.
0: We are believers in both imminent and transcendent divine.
1: We are celebrants of the passage of the solar and lunar cycles.
0: We are hedge walkers who pass back and forth between the worlds of the magical and the mundane.
1: We are seekers of knowledge.
0: And we are walkers of a spiritual tradition we call the path. So mote it be.